Life After The LC On Beat So our Life After The LC segment And on Thursdays we do LC stories And with me right now is Trish Archer from Beat Breakfast Hello Hi hi How are you doing Debbie? I've been really excited to get you onto the radio Because I never really get to have uh, chats with you Because we're on either ends of the day (laughs) Apart from when we're chatting in the corridors every now and again (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, yeah (laughs) But never officially, you know No, no (laughs) Well the reason I have you on is um, We're talking about LC stories So the moments from secondary school and leading into like the next chapter in our lives because it is kind of the big first big move that we make mm-hmm. as a teenagers and going into young adulthood as well yeah so I suppose looking at secondary school for yourself what was sixth year and like the leaving cert year in general like for you you know sixth year for me was good in the sense that I kind of felt like I found myself mm. I got nominated as prefect so one of the prefects we had yeah. uh, I think uh, six or seven and I really felt like I kind of found my feet but I was under an awful lot of pressure and I think everybody goes through that you just feel like this is your world and that's all you can think about your mind your thoughts everything is consumed by this one big day or mm-hmm. you know a couple of big days and you're just I don't know I was just overwhelmed I remember breaking out Debbie like when wow, I say nice. I had I never uh, during stress I kind of you know shut down sometimes but yeah. this was the first time I had a physical reaction and I remember going to the doctor and he was like what, what what's happening in your life what's going on and I remember thinking nothing apart from the leaving certain he was like it's just you're under so much stress you have to like sit back not think about it so much you know stop putting this much pressure on yourself but I suppose I came from a household where there was a lot of pressure put mm-hmm. on education I come I was born in Jamaica grew up in Ireland and from a very young age in Jamaica like the, the one thing you hear all the time is education 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 it's in the third world so therefore that is the only way people see as like an escape the yeah. way you can elevate yourself and get out of your circumstance so a lot of pressure is put on education and I kind of had that same mentality the whole way through but in sixth year it definitely hit peak because I just thought I cannot fail and I think I had that added pressure as well of being say um, the first like generation of black people in Ireland and I wanted to I felt like I had a lot to prove Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do really well and really be successful because I felt like people are going to be looking at me and like using me to be the standard of the black generation I guess but yeah, so I just kind of put myself under a lot of pressure, a lot of unnecessary pressure, because if I could tell myself one thing now back then is chillax, it will all work out, you know, but even when you're being told that at the time, it's hard for you to take yourself out of the situation and just go, OK, all right, this is going to be OK, because yeah. all you can think is this is going to decide my life, my future. If I fail this, I'm going to become a nobody. Not, you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm just going to just like fall into oblivion. What's going to happen? You just panic. It's so true. Like every single tiny thing gets into your head when you have that tiny little bit of underlying stress when it starts at the start of sixth year you're like it's okay it's sixth year everybody says it'll be fine once you leave Mm. sixth year and then month by month the stress starts to build up and I'd say as well as you were saying like uh, being a black person in Waterford doing your leaving cert you were like okay there's this added pressure on top of that Mm. and I have to perform extra and show everybody that okay I'm here and I have my education and let's go and like getting that on top of everything and then trying to realise okay no it isn't the end of the world Mm -hmm. if the leaving cert doesn't go my way it's okay there's always uh, different routes there's a you can repeat your year there's everything but when you're in that situation 
it's the most stressful thing yeah. in your life. Especially my mom. Now, God love her. I know she was doing the best she could, but there was a lot of, you have to do well now. You have to do well. And I remember thinking, I, I'm putting enough pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. I don't need any extra. Um, and I know she was trying to do the right thing, you know, yeah. trying to give me that drive and push me. And obviously, like, you know, it's my parent. Of course, she's going to want the best for me. But I really do think I didn't need the outside <laughs> pressure because I was hard enough on myself. And having the physical reaction of the hives and these bumps breaking out on my face and my neck I was already in my head thinking about how difficult this is going to be and then I couldn't look in the mirror because I was freaked out by my physical appearance it was just I just felt so overwhelmed and I couldn't I really couldn't take myself out of the situation I really couldn't see anything but that it was just tunnel vision all the way I found that when I was in sixth year and it still happens when I'm in a stressful situation or it's underlying stress, I always feel like I'm not stressed. I'm perfectly fine. I'm not stressed. Mm. My body tells me I get a nosebleed out of nowhere. So it physically (laughs) takes me out of that situation Mm. where I'm stressed because I have to walk away. And it's something that my body does and it happens a lot of the time. So like that breaking out in hives, you're like going, what is happening? But it's like your body going, hey. Come on now. Chill. Yeah. Just calm down. And I think it's something as well that like from the outside influence, when you look back at years like the leave insert, you're going, when you see, I'd say your younger brothers and sisters, you're like, okay, I'm not going to put as much pressure um, as like I want to, because I know I want them to perform well, but I don't want them to stress out at the same time. Yeah, no, definitely. Like my brother, um, obviously with the whole COVID crisis and the pandemic we're in, he didn't get to sit it. The the normal way mm-hmm. but in one, on one hand I thought you know at least you don't have the pressure of sitting down in an exam room and I feel like that in itself puts more pressure on you you're in this situation where you know you're surrounded by your peers but yet you can't talk to them you feel like you're walking into jail almost when you walk into that room and I feel like it's very intimidating this massive hall there's like 300 people or however many and it just feels so intimidating you can't talk you can't look around you feel like even if you look to the side you're going to be thrown out you know you're cheating or you know you just build it up so much in your head so I kind of I, I felt nearly happy for him in that sense that he didn't have to experience that immense amount of pressure and at the same time I do feel like oh gosh for it to be like predictive grades and you know Mm -hmm. not having that experience with your mates you know the after you know coming out of the exam hall what's the in between summer the part as well that like the in between okay I've done all of these exams I can't do anything else time to celebrate and I think that's what some of the students are missing this year as well how is he feeling? I think he was disappointed. Not think, I know he was disappointed. You know, every time I talk to him now, you can just see him going, yeah, it's grand, it's fine. But I think he just feels like he just missed out on this big time in his life and he'll Mm -hmm. never be able to get it back. And in some sense, that's true. But I I do say to him, you know, college, it's going to be great and you'll make up for it and don't worry about it. But even like the festival experience, he wanted to like go away with his friends this summer because it was going to be, you know, the end of everything. And they've completely missed out on that. So he is taking it hard. He is, he is, but he's trying to like keep his head up at the same time. I think as well, when you look at um, the way we were talking about stress as well, the one kind of silver lining within all of this for the 2020 students Mm. is 
the Leaving Cert results because I found the day of the results going to the school was a very stressful time because in case you didn't get the points that you wanted or your friend got better than you and you had to go, here's my result and show them to him, that kind of part is taken away because now the results are going to be online completely so you can make that choice yourself and you don't have people like jumping at you going what did you get did yeah. you open your envelope open your envelope in front of me I didn't want to open it in front of anyone I just wanted to go home and just do it myself and just look at it and you know make my, come up with my conclusions myself but I did not want to be in the school with everybody else and I knew there was going to be some girls that you know got like super great mm-hmm. and I just didn't want to be compared or you know put in the same bracket or why didn't you get this or why you know I just I, I just didn't want to be there mm-hmm. so I was one of those people that went in got the results and it's like girls I'll see you later I'm off I'll let you know what happens and I kind of just left because I yeah. yeah again that pressure after you think it's all over and you think it's done and it hits you again yeah, but then you're back in it again I know that's the same I ran into my mother's car with the envelope and I was like sorry my mammy said I can't it's like it's not anything to do with my mammy I was oh. just like no oh, no. but even like having my uh, family from abroad ringing I felt like this day was it just built up to such a massive event I got emails and calls and then there was um, video chat with the family and I just thought give me a break this is hard enough I don't need everyone and I felt like everyone from the UK America Ireland like everybody around the world I just I was over it yeah (laughs) I suppose looking then when we head out after the results are given Mm. what did you do did you decide to go straight into the workforce or did you head into college so I'm the kind of person that does not work well under pressure. Now, as time has gone on, I've definitely improved. But I feel like I cave up a little bit and I go into myself. Like I just retreat. Um, and this definitely happened with the driving test as well. Every time he, he turned in, it was like, turn left, I would turn right. Turn right, I would turn left. So I'm not one of these people that can deal with pressure, even though I know what to do. And, you know, yeah, fully knowledgeable, but just completely shut down when I feel like I'm being, yeah. you know, told what to do and being watched. So I kind of wanted to, at first I started to think, will I take a year out and will I just relax and, you know, try and figure out what I want to do? But I always knew I wanted to work in media. I always knew I wanted to be in broadcast and I just didn't know how I'd get there. So what I decided to do then in the very end was do a one year course first in journalism and photography at the time as well I thought oh you have a great eye for pictures oh yeah mm, <laughs> that part didn't really work out Debbie we shan't say any more about the photography it's all good but... for the Instagram that's about it <laughs> it's for the gram <laughs> that's it and we had to use like the you know the old proper cameras but um so I did a year first um with doing the journalism and photography and I really love the journalism part and I decided then after talking to a few of the lecturers they were like you know what do you want to do after like is this it then I was like no obviously not so I decided to go to Dublin I did another course in um, just print journalism and I found that insanely intense Mm -hmm. it was all writing all day every day like hard journalism and as much as I love to write because I really did think I was going to be like Carrie Bradshaw in Sex and the City (laughs) I was going to be living in the big city you know in Dublin and uh, yeah I was going to have my own apartment and I just write 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 all day (laughs) no the reality is I started doing it loved it for say I the first month because obviously new experience mm-hmm. I'm in the big smoke and I just didn't really get the satisfaction that I thought I would get out of it and that in itself was really difficult because I thought here I am 
it was tough enough trying to convince my mother that I wanted to do journalism because she was like, you know, this is this industry is tough, Trish, and you know, why don't you do something that's mm-hmm. gonna be more straightforward and you'll definitely get a job and you yes. know you won't have to be stressed and like she was so against it. Not not because obviously it's a brilliant industry and I would say anybody mm-hmm. who wants to do journalism do it, but it it is quite challenging, you know. It was the worried mother. I got that as yeah. well when I started because it was like you do realise how competitive it is yeah. and how much you're on attack. Like, you know, you are in the centre of whatever, whether you choose or not to be, because you're putting yourself out there, mm. you are vulnerable to um, criticism. P- criticism and people like being influenced by you as yeah. well. So there is a lot of that pressure. So making the move and to do that as well um, against your parents' wishes oh. is a strong move as well to yeah. make. And I just felt like here I am. I've convinced my mother to support me now for the next three years while I live in Dublin and she didn't want to do it and I'm totally failing I was in bits like I really was upset the first year and I I felt really embarrassed I didn't know what to do would I come back home would I just you know come back with my tail between my legs and say this is it throw my hands up and I decided that what I would do after speaking to a few of my counsellors and lecturers and like all the rest, they said, you know, maybe you should do something with uh, a broader landscape. So say media journalism instead, where you're covering different aspects of the media, not just print. Yeah. So I thought, okay, that sounds good. So you do television, you do radio and, you know, you do print as well. And I thought this sounds much more like Mm -hmm. it. So after the first year, I did complete the first year, but I started over again then in the second year and ended up doing a two-year course then in um, general media, which was the best thing I ever did. It wow. genuinely was. The people I met, the course in itself was just so informative, so educational. Like you, I learned so much and I got to go out, do a work experience, be in the field. I felt like I was a part of the journalistic world and it really made me want to become a broadcaster even more. So while I was doing that I obviously had like part-time jobs we all do of course you know it's very expensive living in Dublin yes um but I yeah I had a part-time job and I was also doing a lot of um extra work in different radio stations in Dublin as well and I really just got bitten by the bug and that's it I just thought this is where I want to be I don't see myself doing anything else I love telling people's stories I love telling my own stories (laughs) as you well know um so yeah I just kind of found my feet and I think having like-minded people around me who were you know after the same thing and in the same field it really just gave me this fire to mm-hmm. keep going and do this and I didn't feel as disheartened as yeah after the first yeah. year it's when you find your passion and I suppose it's a real lesson I, I say for yourself as well of if all fails just keep trying and try again and try again and you will find it once you can just keep going you'll find the little element or the thing that you actually love mm-hmm. and you'll brighten up and you'll open up and absolutely it will be everything that you would want it to be I think that's the misconception as well of when you move away to college. People think, okay, you're in college now, you found what you want to do and that's it. But no, you're you're allowed to change, you're allowed to kind of, you know, rejig everything, turn it upside down and start over again. It's absolutely fine. Just because you say, I want to do this, it doesn't mean things go belly up if you don't continue on that way. Like you can change your path. And when you're actually in the place that you, you know, there's lots of different courses and lots of different options, that's when you kind of really find your feet and you really kind of get to test out other little, you know, ideas. Yeah. And from talking to people as well. It's so true. I suppose for yourself then, when you look back at that, what advice would you give to somebody who is in the Leaving Cert class of 2020 or 
They're just in a situation where they want to change something about their lives and they're looking at how how will I go about it? I know that I'd like to do something different, but I'm a little bit scared. I think fear is one of the most horrible things because it makes you feel like I can't do this thing mm-hmm. as opposed to, yes, I can. It might be a little bit difficult. There might be rough patches and it's never, ever going to be plain sailing in whatever you decide to do. But it kind of stops you. It hinders you from wanting to take that step because you're so fearful of the unknown. I would say sit down, either write out your pros and cons or have a little chat with your mommy or your friends or someone. Actually, I think maybe an adult. Have a little chat with them because they're the ones who will tell you what not to do. Yeah, all the mistakes they've made (laughs) and what not to do. And I think sometimes verbalizing it and verbalizing what you're going through and talking about that fear just gets rid of it a little bit. It doesn't 100% go away and you don't always feel like I'm great, but it it minimizes it. And when you hear other people tell their stories of, you know, how badly it went for them and then it worked out, it gives you that bit of hope. Mm -hmm. So I say talk about it because I know a lot of people, sometimes when they're going through those rough times when you're fearful and you're just so scared, you close down. Sometimes I do that. Do not close down. Talk, express the fears you're going through. They're absolutely normal. They're absolutely natural. So just open up as much as you can and just realize as well that yes, it might not be plain sailing all the way, but if you're dedicated enough, if you are ambitious enough, and if you're driven enough, it will happen no matter what you want. Nothing is out of your reach. And God, I can attest to that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I suppose as well, looking at that too, of... If you have something that you would like to do and you've never been brave enough to say it out loud, by saying it out loud, it makes it real and it makes that moment going, yeah, I actually do genuinely want to do this and I want to travel the world. I want to be a doctor. I want to go into the media. Just when you say it out loud, it becomes real and people start to go, oh yeah, yeah, you can do this. You know, you just have to try and if it doesn't work out, it's okay too. So what? (laughs) There's other options and that's what you don't see when you're going through those moments. Oh my God, this is it. This is the only thing I've ever wanted to do Mm -hmm. and I don't know where I'm going to get there. But the thing you have to realize is, no, it's not. In that moment, it feels like it. But just take yourself out of that moment for a sec. Speak about your fear and just realize that, no, it doesn't have any power. The fear has more power over you than you have over it. Yeah, so true. It does. (laughs) Trish, thank you so much. I'm going to put the full um, interview over on beat102103.com in the Life After the LC segment along with the others. Because the stories are some of the most powerful ones because you get to hear other people's sides to um, going into the college experience beforehand. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Life After the LC on Beat 102.3.